Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Creativity often thrives in moments of discomfort, and sometimes our brightest ideas come to us during the darkest time. Just ask Alyssa Wasco, founder and designer of Los Angeles-based lifestyle brand Donnie. Following the passing of her father, Donald, and in search of a creative outlet to cope with grief, Alyssa started Donnie in 2009. As a brand rooted in comfort and known initially for their signature oversized scarves, Donnie has since grown into an, include an expansive yet curated collection of ready-to-wear clothing, accessories, and jewelry. Early in her career, however, Alyssa spent six years as a visual image consultant at Chanel, refining her ability to spot and develop trends in the market, and ultimately enabling her to create demand for highly sought-after designs. And now at the helm of Donnie, she continues to cultivate a loyal community that frequently sells out of collection drops within hours of a release, which is amazing and something I also have experienced trying to shop on your site, and further cements that the brand is a notable name in fashion. She is passionate about giving back and supporting her LA community, and since the brand's inception has donated proceeds from each product dropped to various organizations, raising thousands of dollars for charitable initiatives. She also sits on the board of directors for the HIT Hit Living Foundation and was honored to be named Forbes 30 under 30 in the art and style category in 2019. Despite going through a difficult loss in her early years, she found a silver lining and successfully built a thriving business, which we are going to talk about today. So it's evident that Alyssa does things with heart integrity and wants to make people, both customers and community, feel good in every sense of the world. I'm thrilled to chat with Alyssa and how she overcame real-life struggles, turned a simple yet beautiful concept into a lounge and leisure sensation, and built a dedicated team in the process. So welcome to the work party, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm such a huge fan, so I'm so excited to learn more. So let's start at the beginning. You began your fashion career at Chanel, no big deal, in New York City as a summer intern, part-time consultant, all the things. First and foremost, that's a coveted role. So how did you land there? 
just being a stalker, to be honest. I literally called them my freshman year of college like three times a day. This one department, I really wanted to be in the visual merchandising department. And I called them literally every day. And I think they finally gave me the job because I was so annoying. But I went there somewhere between my freshman and sophomore year and interned with them and worked for them every summer after that. But also I would then fly out for, you know, some events and things after that. So it just, I don't know, I weaseled my way in somehow. (laughs) I love it. So Donnie, and I remember when you started in 2009 with the simple scarf concepts that you were obviously handcrafting. So can you share a little bit about the origin story and of course, like your personal story tied to the brand. And then I want to talk about the sort of slow burn business, which I think you've done really well. So let's start with the backstory and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So it was actually the summer between my freshman and sophomore year as well. My dad unfortunately had an accident and ended up passing away. And, you know, I, I think it happened like the first or second day of my sophomore year. And I was like, so the kind of person that, you know, needed to put myself into like a million different things at that time. And, you know, I've always loved fashion. I've always been a super creative person. And, you know, I think I, I just like wanted to make something. And I think I just like, I really liked scarves at the time. Keep in mind this 2009 was when scarves were like definitely having a moment. So I made these scarves and I put little charms on them. And each charm had like some sort of good luck component or like an angel wing, someone watching over you. Initially, I just made one for myself and I made one for, you know, a couple of my friends and then people wanted me to make them for them. And it was just this really weird snowball effect, but it was really just a coping mechanism and a way for me to like creatively channel my grief, I think at the time. And then, you know, once it kind of picked up a little bit, I realized that like, maybe there was something more there. And my dad's name is Donald. Everyone called him Donnie. We're not, we were used to be called Donnie Charm, which was like a long, long, long time ago. In my head, I was like, was it called Donnie Charm? Yeah. I literally just remembered that. That's so funny. I love it. It sure was. So we, we, you know, have grown a lot since that time. But in the early years, it was really something special. And looking back now, it's like to build a business on a product category that's an accessory that's not even like an essential one is honestly kind of comical now thinking about it. But, you know, it was really special. People were buying our scarves and, you know, giving them to people who had lost someone or that was like, we're going through chemo or going through a hard time. And we used to get just like these kind of insane emails of people who just kind of felt safe, protected and comforted in these scarves. And that was really like the first probably five to seven years of our business. And we made scarves in every possible shape, size, material, color. And that was that was really how we got started. I love this so much because it's funny because I think we live in such a society now where everything is so fast and it grows fast and like you're two years in and you're everywhere. And I love that you like had this thing that was born out of this, you know, tragic experience. And like you said, five to seven years, that's what we did. And then you took this pivot essentially and like rebranded a little bit in some ways and like started a whole new business in a lot of ways. So tell us about that transition and shift and, you know, what it's been like since then. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've done things super untraditionally, you know, no business plan, no concrete strategy. I think like the non-strategy strategy that, you know, I've kind of stuck to is, you know, just organic growth and pivots based on 
where I'm at in my life based on what our customers are wanting. I think like the real change, I mean, there was definitely a change at one point from scarves. We started doing like silk scarves that you wear in your hair. And from that, it was a scrunchie and we were kind of, you know, when scrunchies, I don't know what year that was, maybe 2016 when scrunchies kind of big year for scrunchies. So, you know, we were kind of on the forefront of that where people were like, why, why are you making scrunchies? And I was like, just, just trust it's going to yeah. <laughs> happen. But from there, you know, we used to make big scarves and of the big scarves, we would tie them as skirts and as tube tops and as all of these things. And it takes a very patient and savvy customer to be able to execute that. So I think it was spring of 2017. I was like, let's make a top that looks like the scarf tying, but it's easy and everyone can wear it. We made that. And then it was a little cropped. And I was like, I don't know if everyone wants their stomach hanging out. Let's, you know, I want to see what pants are out there. Ended up not liking any pants. I was like, let's make a matching pant. Then we had a 27 piece ready to wear collection in three weeks. And ever since then, it was kind of like, oh, duh, we're doing clothes. And that's maybe what we what we actually, I'm not going to say that's what we should have been doing. I think it happened when it happened at the right time. And, you know, we'd built a really nice foundation before that and a really lovely and, you know, very loyal customer base that we're so excited that we were doing something new and it just kind of grew pretty quickly from there. We're taking a pause here to give a shout out to one of today's sponsors, Claire. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup that takes the hassle out of paint shopping. They offer a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, peel and stick swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. If you're a returning listener, then you know I'm obsessed with all things design. If I wasn't a founder and an entrepreneur, I think I would definitely be an interior designer. I'm always on the hunt for new ways to style my home, whether it's an impromptu renovation, new seasonal decor, or just a fresh coat of paint. And that's why I'm so excited about Claire. Traditional paint brands offer thousands of colors, which can honestly be overwhelming. Claire focuses on fewer, better colors that are expertly curated through an interior designer's lens. And they offer so many tools to help make sure you get the right color for your project. I needed help choosing a color for something we're thinking about doing to our house this summer, so I tapped the Claire Color Genius. It's a fun two-minute quiz about your space and your style. And Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. It's basically like having an interior designer right there every step of the way as you choose your paint color. Claire also offers peel and stick paint swatches that are an exact match to the paint color and finish. These make it so easy to instantly see what colors work best for your space. Plus, Claire's paint formulations are zero VOC, Green Guard Gold certified for better indoor air quality and meet the most stringent chemical emission standards so we can paint our homes with peace of mind. And finally, I love Claire because it's women-owned business. It's so refreshing to see this new women-led business take such a fresh approach to paint shopping. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash party to get started and receive 10% off your order. That's www.clare.com slash party for 10% off. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms.
What were some of the biggest challenges going from accessories to clothing? Oh man, you know, I mean, it's so different. Sizing is definitely the first one. Obviously with accessories, you don't have to deal with sizing whatsoever. So I think at that point, you know, we weren't big enough necessarily to hire a dedicated person that, you know, had that experience. So it was really a lot of trial and error um, in the beginning and kind of working with our existing factories in just a new way. And it was, it was just getting dirty, to be honest. It was just figuring it out and making a lot of mistakes and then kind of growing that to the point where we could work with, you know, the right people to get the clothing to where it should be. And, you know, it's, listen, it's a process, but it's, you know, our quality and making everything in LA is really important to us. So, you know, we've taken the last however many years, five years to, you know, really hone that and make it as perfect as it can be. Yeah, absolutely. So something that's super unique to the Donnie model, if you will, is this drop model idea. So we've seen brands do this specifically like streetwear, I think has become sort of the main, you know, place where we know like Supreme does drops and all these different things. So tell us about the drop model, like why that model, how has it been working and like what have been some lessons you've learned? Yeah. So the drop model for us was completely unintentional as is pretty much the majority of things that we do, but it actually happened March of COVID, March of 2020 when COVID started. So we were slated to drop our spring summer collection the day that LA shuts down and it just felt icky to do that. So we had been teasing our collection coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. The city shut down and we were just kind of like, listen, like this doesn't feel right. We're not going to do this. We're not going to drop our collection. We're going to be, our Instagram is going to be a source of relief, escape. We posted funny videos. We did all these things for, I think about like three weeks straight, no product whatsoever. And then kind of people started being like, hi, when were you, when are you actually going to drop this? You teased it for such a long time. So we were like, you know what, we'll do a new platform where instead of dropping an entire collection at one time, we're going to do one style at a time by surprise, not tell anyone when it's coming. And it will just kind of be a fun thing for you to look for forward to while you're stuck at home. And by doing that, we really had time to educate our customers on the pieces. When you drop an entire collection at once, sure, you can tease, 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 but there's really no education that can happen on the entire collection. And so we launched at that time was our bestseller, our waffle half zip with the pearl and the matching shorts. And we did it. I don't even remember. I want to say it was a Tuesday and we sold out in like 45 minutes. This was also a time when every retailer canceled all of their orders. So we also had all of that inventory, which was really scary. And that all sold through as well. And then about two weeks later, all of our retailers came, you know, knocking on our door to get all the, their orders back, but we had already sold through everything. So anyway, that, that was kind of how the drop model started for us. So we really just continued to drop a piece at a time for the next probably three or four months. And then the drop model kind of took shape in a more traditional way that you and everyone else kind of sees as it is now. So we've kind of been doing that since March of 2020. I'm not sure how much longer we're going to keep doing it. I'm not, I I don't really feel that it's the way anymore. And, you know, once everyone starts doing something, it's time to do it differently. So we're kind of working on a little bit of a new way to share our product with everyone, but that is how we kind of started doing the drop model. I love it. I mean, I love that you are so in control of your business where you can kind of say, let's change it and like just change it quickly and not have to, you know, overcome a million different obstacles and issues and things like that. Like that's a really 
great place to be in as a business owner and something that not everyone can experience. So I, I love that. And I love the idea of the drop too. I think it's really fun. It's a great marketing tactic. It's, re- you know, again, to your point, you get to learn a lot about the different styles. So one thing that also obviously built demand and, you know, garnered a lot of attention was the amount of celebrities wearing your items. So we Jessica Biel, Emily Ratajkowski, Lily Collins, just to name a few. I think there's this obsession with celebrity, obviously, but this celebrity and brand obsession as well. And so I think a lot of people out there think a celebrity wearing my brand is going to like change my business. How has it been for you? Has it been game changing? Has it been interesting? What has what has really the celebrity, you know, kind of brought to the brand in any any way? Um, Well, I think it feels good. It's cool. These people are gifted so many items. So for it to be something that they actually wear just is a cool feeling. I will say more so in like 2010 to 2013, I think it moved the needle a lot more as far as, you know, sales go. Like for example, Beyonce wrapped Blue Ivy in one of our scarves the first time she brought her out in public. And that was insane. Definitely. I think our website crashed that day. So like there, but that was more that time. I don't see that really at all now. I think now it's you post it on Instagram and everyone who's a loyal follower just thinks it's super cool and you get a lot of likes, maybe a couple people buy it, but I don't really feel wow. or that much really with celebrities anymore, unless it's something that they organically tag on their own. You know, for example, I think we gifted Gabrielle Union and she wore it and tagged us a bunch of times and like that moved the needle because she tagged us. But Otherwise, unless if they're just wearing it, it doesn't, it's, it's amazing, but it doesn't necessarily correlate into revenue, I will say. Totally. Yeah. It's, I, I could not agree more. I think there was a heyday of like the 2010 to 2013, where it was a game changer, but now it's so ingrained in sort of the influencer tag social community. It's almost like a bit more challenging. So one thing that I'm really excited to talk to you about is your commitment to sustainable fabrics. So you lean into sustainable fashion, which is super important, obviously, and you're super in touch with conscious consumers. So as part of the Donnie's Eco-Friendly Fabric Initiative, your sustainable collection offers environmentally conscious garment production. Talk to us about sourcing these materials, you know, how you got into this and how you also found a way to make them accessible from a price point perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, this is an ongoing initiative for us. It's so big and so huge and it's baby steps all the time. You know, we have an amazing product developer. We have amazing fabric mills that, you know, luckily are all on board with this new way. So, you know, they have luckily, you know, helped us change existing fabrics that weren't sustainable into sustainable fabrics. And that's kind of a constant work in progress, but we work with a fabric like our, we have a trouser, like a very classic pleated trouser pant that we launched in March of this year that has been kind of a nonstop for us. And that is made in a lyocell twill. It's made from tree pulp and it's actually completely biodegradable. It's, it's really amazing. And it's a very elevated fabric and it drapes really nicely. So that we have an eco fleece that's made with like recycled poly and organic cotton. So there's definitely like a bunch of fabrics. We're definitely striving to have even more fabrics that are sustainable, but it starts with, I mean, our poly bags are made from recycled material. All of any paper material is all made from recycled material, but there's so much more to do, but it's exciting that every single person on our team is like very committed to this, to the point where like, 
we like don't really print a lot. I, little things that sound silly, but and this is a really funny one, but we'll use like open and broken poly bags to take our dogs outside. So like even like really little things, I think it's just something that we're all mind really mindful of as a company and just continually striving to do more. Every order we get on our website, we plant a tree. So really anything we can do to like offset car- our carbon footprint is something that we're trying to do as much as we can. I love that. I think that's so great. And the fabrics are getting so impressive and so crazy. Like it's, this is made out of, you know, tree pulp. I'm like, amazing. Let's talk about funding. So you mentioned bootstrapping the business. Have you taken on any investors or do you plan to in the future at all? What's your vision? As of right now, no. We I did completely bootstrap the business. No investors. At this time, we're kind of cruising. So I don't really have any plans. But as I said before, you know, things that kind of come at us and if something were to make sense and an opportunity were to arise and something that aligned, I'm definitely not going to say no. I don't really say no. You never know. You never know. So I never say no. I mean, it's so impressive what you've been able to do. And I think it's so great for our listeners to hear of a fashion D2C success story. You know, I feel like especially self-funded, I feel like that's very rare these days. So I think that's very inspiring for our listeners, for sure. So I've seen Donnie in a ton of retailers, as you mentioned, like, you know, Nordstrom, Revolve, Free People, Shop Up, just all over the place. But I heard that you also have an upcoming project with Madewell. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we started this conversation such a long time ago. And, you know, they reached out to us, I think, initially, they started carrying our product, our clothing as like a third party, and it did really well. And I think they saw that there was just an alignment with their customers. So we actually have been working on a sustainable, also sustainable collection and really a beautiful marriage of, I think, both of the brands, which with collaborations these days, I think is a really hard balance to strike. Mm-hmm. But it's launching in November. We're really excited. And, you know, it's exciting for us because we're doing some things with them that we don't have the capabilities of doing necessarily in LA, which is where we produce everything. So things that like I've really wanted to dabble in that we can't because we're very committed to producing locally. And I know that we're doing some things with them that they haven't done. So it's going to be exciting. I love that. Yeah, that's such a complimentary brand set. So that's really exciting to see. So you recently transitioned into motherhood, which is really exciting. Are we going to see a Donnie maternity baby clothes? Like what is in the future here? Like, oh, there's been a lot of dialogue about this internally because I did not buy one maternity anything while I was pregnant. And I really just wore all Donnie and sized up which was kind of crazy now that I like really think back on it. So, you know, we actually launched a tank top a couple of relaunched a tank top a couple of weeks ago. That's like our classic ribbed tank. That's, you know, a bestseller that I really wore every single day of my pregnancy. And I was posting on my personal Instagram about it. And I posted like five selfies of me, like eight, nine months pregnant wearing this tank top. And I was on my personal, this is not on Donnie's Instagram. Like I'm not a huge personal Instagram kind of gal. And I was flooded with DMs of women that were like, what size are you wearing? You know, just so many questions about being pregnant and this tank top. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's actually really cool that I didn't buy anything maternity and our clothes for the most part are very bum friendly. So we're kind of working on a little 
initiative there to really show how bump friendly our pieces are and kind of show that you don't need to buy maternity things and you can wear these things after. And it makes, I don't know, it just feels so much better knowing that you can, you know, continue to wear them afterwards and it is worth the investment. As far as baby goes, I'm truly dying to dying to do it. Everyone is against it because to be honest, it's not, it's not a great business. Mm. Margins are horrible, but it would be so great. So I'm not, you know, even though sometimes it's not good for the business, I sometimes overrule that regardless, but there's definitely some things in the works there. I'm not sure if it's going to be huge, but you know, something little for sure. And I just can't, I want like mini me trousers and vests. Totally for- the matching outfit. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Oh, that's so fun. So if you could go back to the beginning of your career, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? To be honest, I think I would just say to like stick to my guns and really stay true to myself. I think early on, especially like in my early 20s, there was so much happening with like Instagram really getting up there and kind of like the rise of influencers and, you know, just a lot of talk. And I think being having a business in your early 20s, people not like push you around, but I think you know, sometimes can take advantage. And I think I listened to a lot of that. And in retrospect, you know, when we worked with the showroom and they were like, Alyssa, we need prints. And I was like, but we're not really, a, we don't do prints. That's not really our brand. And like, well, prints are what's happening. And like, if we want sales, you need to do prints. And I would do prints and I hated absolutely everything and it didn't sell. And I would scratch everything and redesign the entire collection and just say to myself, why didn't I just listen to myself in the first place? And I think there have been a lot of instances like that, that now I'm happy they happen because it made me, you know, get to the point where I now know to trust myself, but it definitely took me a while to get there. And a lot of those instances to believe in myself and my vision. And yeah, I would just tell myself to stick, stick to that early, much earlier on if I could. I love that advice. I think that's very, very true, especially when you're a young entrepreneur. It is true. Ageism is very real. And like the you're also, you know, new. So you're listening to everything that's coming in one year and, you know, it's hard. So let's wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Okay. Three traits that got me to where I am today are ambition, resilience, and commitment to people. My number one piece of financial advice for entrepreneurs is as frugal as humanly possible. <laughs> a non-negotiable for my business is? Putting people first. And the hardest thing about being a founder is? Balance. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are such huge fans. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you and Donnie? Yeah, our Instagram is Donnie, D-O-N-N-I, and mine is Alyssa Watt. Amazing. Thank you so much. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.